0: Welcome to Bandcamp. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Dan, and this is the podcast where we read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. And this season, we are reading Essie Hinton's The Outsiders, one chapter at a time, out loud. I'm loving the book, this is the fourth chapter. So there are going to be spoilers ahead. Luckily for you, if you don't want spoilers, you can go over to Season 3, Episode 1, and catch up. Like I said, we're just... This is our fourth episode, so you can catch up pretty fast. Otherwise, we're going to dive in.
1: All right. Can you give us a quick recap of the last episode?
0: Previously on Bandcamp. Yep, it was a big chapter. Ponyboy and Johnny Cakes were walking Cherry Valance and Marsha back from the movie theater when all of a sudden a blue Mustang pulled up. Uh, The Mustang was driven by a couple of prick soches and we think they may have been the on again off again boyfriends of Cherry and Marcia we don't know that for sure we also think that they these guys might be the guys who before the book started when Johnny Cakes was beaten up really bad there seems to be a strong indication that these are the guys that did it yeah so in order not to get into this big altercation Cherry and Marcia said you know what we're just going to go home with these guys and That left Johnny and Ponyboy just to walk back home, and they stopped at a field and for some reason fell asleep. That made Ponyboy get home a few hours after curfew, and that really got Derry mad. In fact, he was so mad, he ended up slapping him or hitting him, and we don't think he meant to do it. He just kind of got caught up in the moment. But that was it for Pony Boy. He just said, I am out of here. And now it looks like Pony Boy just ran away with Derry yelling after him. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. But it was too late. Pony Boy was gone in the night.
1: Thank you, Dan. So with that being said, let's jump into chapter four of The Outsiders. The park was about two blocks square with a fountain in the middle and a small swimming pool for the little kids. The pool was empty now in the fall, but the fountain was going merrily. Tall elm trees made the park shadowy and dark, and it would have been a good hangout, but we preferred our vacant lot, and the shepherd outfit liked the alleys down by the tracks, so the park was left to lovers and little kids. Nobody was around at 2.30 in the morning, and it was a good place to relax and cool off. I couldn't have gotten much cooler without turning into a popsicle. Johnny snapped up his jeans jacket and flipped up the collar. Ain't you about to freeze to death, pony? You ain't a woofin', I said, rubbing my bare arms between drags on my cigarette. I started to say something about the film of ice developing on the outer edges of the fountain when a sudden blast from a car horn made us both jump. The blue Mustang was circling the park slowly. Oh, they came looking for him. Oh, God. Why are these kids out? It's like I said in the last episode. Why is Johnny even like, like oh, I'll be okay. I'll be alone. I'm just going to look at the stars, see if I see some meteors. <laughs> I mean, what are they doing out there? They don't know. Other they know it's just, dangerous. I know, but it's just
0: his, ho- his home life just must be so terrible that he'd rather just hang out outside like
1: a, a feral cat all the time. But why in the wide open? Like, go climb a tree or something. Like, be hidden. You've got these sociopathic socias.
0: (laughs) Sociopathic socias.
1: Yes. Johnny swore under his breath, and I muttered, What do they want? This is our territory. What are socias doing this far east? Johnny shook his head. I don't know, but I bet they're looking for us. We picked up their girls. Oh, glory, I said with a groan. This is all I need to top off a perfect night. I took one last drag on my weed and ground the stub under my heel. Want to run for it? It's too late now, Johnny said. Here they come. Five soshas were coming straight at us. And from the way they were staggering, I figured they were reeling pickled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can't believe that combination of words came out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, they should have just ran for it because now it's too late to run. You know, it's like...
0: Right. I don't know how much of a head start you need, though, if the people you are running away from are reeling pickled, though.
1: That's true. <laughs> that scared me. The cool, deadly bluff could sometimes shake them off, but not if they outnumbered you five to two and were drunk. Johnny's well, hand that's went... that's
0: true. I mean, they do outnumber you, but again, if they're drunk, you could probably
1: outthink them, right? I mean, it's hard to run when you're drunk. Right. They totally should have made a run for it. Yeah. Johnny's hand went to his back pocket, and I remembered his switchblade. I wished for that broken bottle. I'd sure show them I could use it if I had to. Johnny was scared to death. I mean it. He was as white as a ghost, and his eyes were wild-looking, like the eyes of an animal in a trap. He backed against the fountain, and the Sochas surrounded us. They smelled so heavily of whiskey and English leather that I almost choked. I wished desperately that Dairy and Soda would come along hunting for me. The four of us could handle them easily, but no one was around, and I knew Johnny and I were going to have to fight it out alone. Johnny had a blank, tough look on his face. You'd have had to know him to see the panic in his eyes. I stared at the soshas coolly. Maybe they could scare us to death, but we'd never let them have the satisfaction of knowing it. It was Randy and Bob and three other soshas, and they recognized us. I knew Johnny recognized them. He was watching the moonlight glint off Bob's rings with huge eyes. Hey, what do you know, Bob said a little unsteadily. Here's the little greasers that picked up our girls. Hey, greasers. You're out of your territory, Johnny warned in a low voice. You'd better watch it. Randy swore at us, and they stepped in closer. Bob was eyeing Johnny. Nup, pal. You're the ones who'd better watch it. Next time you went abroad, pick up your own kind, dirt. I was getting mad. I was hating them enough to lose my head. You know what a greaser is, Bob asked? White trash with long hair. I felt the blood draining from my face. I've been cursed out and sworn at, but nothing ever hit me like that did. Johnny Cake made a kind of gasp and his eyes were smoldering.
0: Okay, guys, listen.
1: (laughs) I know, just calm Uh down. Let them call you dirt and trash and whatever.
0: White live. trash with long hair? Well, those are fighting
1: words. I, you know, just live another day, you know? You know what a socia is, I said, my voice shaking with rage? White trash with Mustangs and madras. It's not quite the cut. That's a terrible comeback.
0: You know what a soche is? Somebody who has really nice clothes and a cool car. <laughs> it's a good one.
1: <laughs> and then, because I couldn't think of anything bad enough to call them, I spit at them. Bob shook his head, smiling slowly. You could use a bath, Greaser, and a good working over, and we've got all night to do it. Give the kid a bath, David. I ducked and tried to run for it, but the Soche caught my arm and twisted it behind my back and shoved my face into the fountain. I fought, but the hand at the back of my neck was strong and I had to hold my breath. I'm dying, I thought, and wondered what was happening to Johnny. I couldn't hold my breath any longer. I fought again desperately, but only sucked in water. I'm drowning, I thought. They've gone too far. A red haze filled my mind and I slowly relaxed. The next thing I knew, I was lying on the pavement beside the fountain, coughing water and gasping. I lay there weakly, breathing in air and spitting out water, you know, the survival instincts here aren't that strong. If I had someone I was responsible for, like Johnny, there's no way I would get in a fight. I would only be thinking about his survival. So why is he getting all hot-headed, being called trash when oh. his friend's life is in peril? You know? But then again, women are different than men. I get that. They don't care about other people. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> yes, because if I was in that situation, I would have run away very fast. <laughs>
1: I lay there weakly, breathing in air and spitting out water. The wind blasted through my soaked sweatshirt and dripping hair. My teeth chattered unceasingly, and I couldn't stop them. I finally pushed myself up and leaned back against the fountain, the water running down my face. Then I saw Johnny. He was sitting next to me, one elbow on his knee, and staring straight ahead. He was strange, greenish-white, and his eyes were huger than I'd ever seen them. I killed him, he said slowly. I killed that boy. Bob, the handsome Soch, was lying there in the moonlight, doubled up and still. A dark pool was growing from him, spreading slowly over the blue-white cement. I looked at Johnny's hand. He was clutching a switchblade, and it was dark to the hilt. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, good for him, though. I mean... What's he supposed to do, get beaten to death? I mean... No, I I know, but it just seemed like all tomfoolery. It's a big deal. My stomach gave a violent jump and my blood turned icy. Johnny, I managed to say, fighting the dizziness. I think I'm going to be sick. Go ahead, he said in the same steady voice. I won't look at you. (laughs) It's courteous. I turned my head and was quietly sick for a minute. Then I leaned back and closed my eyes so I wouldn't see Bob laying there. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. This can't be... You have really killed him, Johnny, huh? Yeah, his voice quavered slightly. I had to. They were drowning you, pony. They might have killed you. And they had a blade. They were going to beat me up. Like I swallowed. Like they did before. Johnny was quiet for a minute. Yeah, he said. Like they did before. Johnny told me what had happened. They ran when I stabbed him. They all ran. A panic was rising in me as I listened to Johnny's quiet voice go on. Johnny, I nearly screamed. What are we going to do? They put people like you in the electric chair for killing people. I was shaking. I want a cigarette. I want a cigarette. We had smoked our last pack. Johnny, I'm scared, Johnny. What are we going to do? Johnny jumped up and dragged me up by my sweatshirt. He shook me. Calm down, pony boy. Get a hold of yourself. I hadn't realized I was screaming. I shook loose. Okay, I said. I'm okay now. Johnny looked around, slapping his pockets nervously. We gotta get out of here. Get somewhere. Run away. The police will be here soon. I was trembling and it wasn't all from cold. But Johnny, except for the fact that his hands were twitching, looked as cool as Derry ever had. We'll need money. And maybe a gun. And a plan. Money. Maybe a gun? A plan? Where in the world would we get these things? Dally, Johnny said with finality. Dally will get us out of here. I heaved a sigh. Why hadn't I thought of that? But I never thought of anything. Dallas Winston could do anything. Where can we find him? I think at Buck Merrill's place. There's a party over there tonight. Dally said something about it this afternoon. This really came out of nowhere, didn't it? Well, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't that Johnny was killed, so... Right. But it is going to start a war or something, I don't know.
0: Well, and of course, you know, they, the law will always favor the, the rich socias.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Ah,
0: what a nightmare.
1: Buck Daryl was Dally's rodeo partner. He was the one who'd got Dally the job as a jockey for this last J. Buck raised a few quarter horses and made most of his money on fixed races and a little bootlegging. I was under strict orders from Dairy, and Soda not to get caught within 10 miles of his place, which was dandy with me. I didn't like Buck Merrill. He was a tall, lanky cowboy with blonde hair and buck teeth. Or he used to be buck tooth before he had the front two teeth knocked out in a fight. He was out of it. He dug Hank Williams. How gross can you get? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I don't know why Hank Williams has to be dragged into this and get hurt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Buck answered the door when we knocked, and a roar of cheap music came with them The clinking of glasses, loud, rough laughter, and female giggles, and Hank Williams. It scraped on my raw nerves like sandpaper. What's Hank Williams even sound like? I
0: I like this song. What do you think? Hank seems okay, yeah seems fine to me. But right.
1: then again, I'm no greaser. You are not a greaser, nor am I. And I, let me say you're not a soul either, Jennifer. Maybe we'll find out who we are later in this book. So do you
0: think S.E. Hitten wrote this book just so you and I could figure out who we were?
1: <laughs> <laughs> a can of beer in one hand, Buck glared down at us. What do you want? Dally, Johnny gulped, looking back over his shoulder. We gotta see Dally. He's busy, Buck snapped, and someone in his living room yelled, Aha, and then Yee haw, and the sound of it almost made my nerves snap. Tell him it's Pony Boy and Johnny, I commanded. I knew Buck, and the only way you could get anything from him was to bully him. I guess that's why Dally could handle him so easily, although Buck was in his mid twenties, and Dally was seventeen. Buck glared at me for a second, then stumbled off. He was pretty well crocked, which made me apprehensive. If Dally was drunk and in a dangerous mood, he, he appeared in a few minutes clad only in a pair of low-cut blue jeans, scratching the hair on his chest. He was sober enough, and that surprised me. Maybe he hadn't been there long. Okay, kids, what do you need for me? As Johnny told him the story, I studied Dally, trying to figure out what there was about this tough-looking hood that a girl like Cherry Valance could love. Toe-headed and shifty-eyed, Dally was anything but handsome. Yet in his hard face, there was character, pride, and a savage defiance of the world. He could never love Cherry Valance back. It would be a miracle if Dally loved anything. The fight for self-preservation had hardened him beyond caring. Oh, that's a really cool sentence. He didn't bat an eye when Johnny told him what had happened. Only grinned and said, Good for you, when Johnny told him how he had knifed the soche, Finally, Johnny finished. We figured you could get us out, if anyone could. I'm sorry we got you away from the party. Oh, shoot, kid, Dally glanced contemptuously over his shoulder. I was in the bedroom. He suddenly stared at me. Glory, but your ears can get red, pony boy. I was remembering what usually went on in the bedroom at Bucks parties. Then Dally grinned in amused realization. It wasn't anything like that, kid. I was asleep, or trying to be, with all this racket. Hank Williams, he rolled his eyes and added a few adjectives after Hank Williams. But no greaser likes Hank Williams. <laughs> I mean to the core. Me and Shepherd had a run in and I cracked some ribs. I just needed a place to lay over. He rubbed his side ruefully. Old Tim sure can pack a punch. He won't be able to see out of one eye for a week. He looked us over inside. Well, wait a second, I'll see what I can do about this mess. Then he took a good look at me. Pony boy, are you wet? I thought they just told him the story. Oh, my God. He was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yes, I stammered through chattering teeth. Glory, hallelujah, he opened the screen door and pulled me in, motioning for Johnny to follow. "Yell die of pneumonia before the cops ever get to you. He half dragged me into an empty bedroom, swearing at me all the way. Get that sweatshirt off. He threw a towel at me. Dry off and wait here. At least Johnny's got his jeans jacket. You ought to know better than to run away in just a sweatshirt and a wet one at that. Don't you ever use your head? He sounded so much like Gary that I stared at him.
0: Dude, listen, do you understand? Remember the part where we just told you that I was being drowned and Johnny killed the guy because I was being drowned? Drowned is
1: like water. Water's involved. It's possible they left off that small detail. I mean, I don't know, but that seems like a, a big one to mention, right? I just
0: keep thinking there had to be an oil slick in that water.
1: Oh yeah. He didn't notice and left us sitting on the bed. Johnny lay back on it. Wish I had me a weed. My knees were shaking as I was finishing drying off, sitting there in my jeans. Dally appeared after a minute. He carefully shut the door. Here, he handed us a gun and a roll of bills. The gun's loaded. For Pete's sake, Johnny, don't point the thing at me. Here's 50 bucks. That's all I could get out of Merrill tonight. He's blown his loot for that last race. You might have thought it was Dally who fixed those races for Buck, being a jockey and all, but it wasn't. The last guy to suggest it lost three teeth. It's the truth. Dally rode the ponies honestly and did his best to win. It was the only thing Dally did honestly. Pony, do Derry and Soda Pop know about this? I shook my head. Dally sighed. Boy, howdy, I ain't itching to be the one to tell Derry and get my head busted. Then don't tell him, I said. I hated to worry Soda Pop and would have liked to let him know I had gotten this far okay. But I didn't care if Derry worried himself gray-headed. I was too tired to tell myself I was being mean and unreasonable. I convinced, oh, you know what's funny about this? Like Hmm. It started out with them wanting to run away, now they have to run away.
0: Oh, now they're forced to run (laughs) away. And
1: they don't necessarily want to. I convinced myself it wouldn't be fair to make Dally tell him. Derry would beat him to death for giving us the money and the gun and getting us out of town. Here, Dally handed me a shirt about 60 million sizes too big. It's bucks. You and him ain't exactly the same size, but it's dry. He handed me his worn brown jacket with the yellow sheep's wool lining. It'll get cold where you're going, but you can't risk being loaded down with blankets. I started buttoning up the shirt. It about swallowed me. Hop the 315 freight to Windricksville? Windricksville? Why choose that name? Like, I've really stumbled. Okay. Hop the 315 freight to Windricksville. Windricksville. Damn it.
0: (laughs) Okay, Chakov. You sound like Star Trek. The vessel. You say it. Windricksville. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Uh, Windricksville. (laughs) Windricksville. There's an old abandoned church on top of Jay Mountain. There's a pump in the back, so don't worry about water. Buy a week's supply of food as soon as you get there, this morning, before the story gets out. And then don't so much as stick your noses out the door. I'll be up there as soon as I think it's clear. Man, I thought New York was the only place I could get mixed up in a murder rap. At the word murder, Johnny made a small noise in his throat and shuddered. Dally walked us back to the door, turning off the porch light before we stepped out. Get going. He messed up Johnny's hair. Take care, kid, he said softly. Sure, Dally. Thanks. And we ran into the darkness. We crouched in the weeds beside the railroad tracks, listening to the whistle grow louder. The train slowed to a screaming halt. Now, whispered Johnny, we ran and pulled ourselves into an open boxcar. It's the boxcar children. <laughs> Are they hobos? They're hobos now. Bring back the hobo music. Fantastic. I'm telling you, does this not put you
0: in a good mood, even if you just killed a so?
1: <laughs> we pressed against the side, trying to hold our breath while we listened to the railroad workers walk up and down outside. One poked his head inside, and we froze. But he didn't see us, and the boxcar rattled as the train started up. The first stop will be Windricksville, Johnny said, laying the gun down gingerly. He shook his head. I don't see why he gave me this. I couldn't shoot anybody. Then for the first time, really, I realized what we were in for. Johnny had killed someone. Quiet, soft-spoken little Johnny, who wouldn't hurt a living thing on purpose, had taken a human life. We were really running away with the police after us for a murder and a loaded gun by our side. I wished we'd ask Dally for a pack of cigarettes. I stretched out and used Johnny's legs for a pillow. Curling up, I was thankful for Dally's jacket. It was too big, but it was warm. Not even the rattling of the train could keep me awake, and I went to sleep in a hoodlum's jacket with a gun lying next to my hand. I was hardly awake when Johnny and I leapt off the train into a meadow, not until I landed in the dew and got a wet shock did I realize what I was doing. Johnny must have woke me up and told me to jump, but I didn't remember it. We lay in the tall weeds and damp grass, breathing heavily. The dawn was coming. Is this the, the way the story's going to be? Is like, are they like going to be on the run? I we, like, as the audience knows we haven't read this and I'm like Right. Is this going to turn out to be a totally different story? Like where there's like these two on the run? Meanwhile, back at home in Hoosville.
0: Yeah. Uh, well,
1: oh, or Tulsa, I mean. <laughs> and maybe
0: dairy and Soda Pop are coming to get them. Like, they now are on the lookout for them. And what what happens with the budding relationship with Cherry?
1: Huh. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. The dawn was coming. It was lightening the sky in the east, and a ray of gold touched the hills. The clouds were... Pe- oh, he's, he got what he wanted. He's out in the country. Oh,
0: we'll enjoy it. Being
1: on the land. Yes, he's no, he's no longer a greaser. He's out there in the natural wilderness. Yeah, with an ill-fitting shirt. And a gun. And a gun, yeah. The clouds were pink and meadowlarks were singing. This is the country, I thought, half asleep. My dreams come true and I'm in the country. Blast it, pony boy. Johnny was rubbing his legs. You must have put my legs to sleep. I can't even stand up. I barely got off that train. I'm sorry. Why didn't you wake me up? That's okay. I didn't want to wake you up until I had to. Now, how do we find Jay Mountain? I asked Johnny. I was still groggy with sleep and wanted to sleep forever right there in the dew and the dawn. Go ask someone. The story won't be in the paper yet. Maybe like a farm boy taking a walk or something. I don't look like a farm boy, I said. I suddenly thought of my long hair combed back and the slouching stride I used from habit. I looked at Johnny. He didn't look like any farm boy to me. He still reminded me of a lost puppy who had been kicked too often. But for the first time, I saw him as a stranger might see him. He looked hard and tough because of his black t-shirt and his blue jeans and jacket. And because his hair was heavily greased and so long. I saw how his hair curled behind his ears. And I thought, we both need a haircut and some decent clothes. Yes. Now, there is a true statement if I've heard one. And finally... I looked down at my worn, faded blue jeans, my too big shirt, and Dally's worn out jacket. They'll know we're hoods the minute they see us, I thought. I'll have to stay here, Johnny said, rubbing his legs. You go down the road and ask the first person you see where Jay Mountain is. Now, don't talk to anyone. That's just not the right move. Just be quiet. Go, stick your, go in the church and just hang out until
0: Dally shows up. By the way, if you are, if the entire plan is you waiting for Dally to come and save you, I I just, I worry.
1: Yeah. He winced at the pain in his legs, then come back and for Pete's sake, run a comb through your hair and quit slouching down like a thug. So Johnny had noticed it too. I pulled the comb from my back pocket and combed my hair carefully. I guess I look okay now, huh, Johnny? He was studying me, you know? You look an awful lot like Soda Pop, the way you've got your hair and everything. I mean, except your eyes are green. They ain't green, they're gray, I said, reddening, and I look about as much like Soda Pop as you do. I got to my feet. He's good looking. Shoot, Johnny said with a grin. You are too. I climbed over the barbed wire fence without saying anything else. I could hear Johnny laughing at me, but I didn't care. I went strolling down the red dirt road hoping my natural color would come back before I met anyone. I wonder what Derry and Soda Pop are doing now, I thought, yawning. Soda had the whole bed to himself for once. I bet Derry's sorry he ever hit me. He'll really get worried when he finds out Johnny and I killed that Sosh. Then, for a moment, I pictured Soda Pop's face when he heard about it. I wish I was home, I thought absently. I wish I was home and still in bed. Maybe I'm just dreaming. It was only last night that Dally and I had sat down behind those girls at the nightly double Glory, I thought, with the bewildering feeling of being rushed. Things are happening too quick, too fast. I figured I couldn't get into any worse trouble than murder. Johnny and I would be hiding for the rest of our lives. Nobody but Dally would know where we were. And he couldn't tell anyone because he'd get jailed again for giving us that gun. If Johnny got caught, they'd give him the electric chair. And if they caught me, I'd be sent to a, a reformatory. I'd heard about reformatories from Curly Shepherd, and I didn't want to go to one at all. So we'd have to be hermits for the rest of our lives and never see anyone but Dally. Maybe I'd never see Derry or Soda Pop again, or even Tubit Bit or Steve. I was in the country, but I knew I wasn't going to like it as much as I thought I would. There are things worse than being a greaser. I met a sunburned farmer driving a tractor down the road. I waved at him and he stopped. Could you tell me where Jay Mountain is? I asked as politely as I could. He pointed down the road. Follow this road to that big hill over there. That's it. Taking a walk? Yes, sir. I managed to look sheepish. We're playing army and I'm supposed to report to headquarters there. I can lie so easily that it spooks me sometimes. Soda says it comes from reading so much. But then, two-bit lies all the time too and he never opens a book. Boys will be boys, the farmer said with a grin. And I thought, dully that he sounded as corn pony as Hank Williams.
0: God, they really hate Hank Williams. They really
1: do. They really.
0: Or S.E. Hinton really hates him. I want to stick up for Hank Williams, and I don't even know the guy. (laughs) I
1: got a feeling called the blues. Oh, Lord, since my
0: baby said goodbye. Lord, I don't know what I'll do. All and oh Lord, the long...
1: He went on, and I walked back to where Johnny was waiting. We climbed up the road to the church, although it was a lot further away than it looked. The road got steeper with every step. I was feeling kind of drunk. I always do when I get too sleepy, and my legs got heavier and heavier. I guess Johnny was sleepier than I was. He had stayed awake on the train to make sure we got off at the right place. It took us about 45 minutes to get there. We climbed in a back window. It was a small church, real old and spooky and spider webby. It gave me the creeps. Yeah, an old abandoned church would give me the creeps too. It's not even old abandoned. You ever get freaked out when you just go to a church? I mean, not, not really, but I would if it was like no one was in there but me. Yes. Like if it we- was... M- Totally empty. Yeah, that would freak me out.
0: Every horror movie, not all of them, but so many horror movies always end up where you're in a dark church alone. Mm. And you see that, uh, all the religious icons and they're staring at you with those stony eyes. (laughs) God.
1: (laughs) I'd been in church before. I used to go all the time even after mom and dad were gone. Then one Sunday, I talked Soda into coming with Johnny and me. He didn't want to come unless Steve did, and 2 decided he might as well come too. Dally was sleeping off a hangover, and Derry was working. When Johnny and I went, we sat in the back, trying to get something out of the sermon and avoiding the people, because we weren't dressed so sharp most of the time. Nobody seemed to mind, and Johnny and I really liked to go. But that day, well... Soda can't sit still long. It sounds like Soda has ADHD. You think so? Yeah, he can't. He can't sit still. Like it. It said it like several times. He's like jumping. He can't sit still. And it, the fact that he had a hard time in school and everything. If I look like Rob Lowe, I would be like that too.
0: I just like I gotta get to a mirror and I mean yesterday.
1: <laughs> but that day, well, Soda can't sit still long enough to enjoy a movie, much less a sermon. It wasn't long before he and Steve and 2-Bit were throwing paper wads at each other and clowning around, and finally Steve dropped a hymn book with a bang, accidentally, of course. Everyone in the place turned around to look at us, and Johnny and I nearly crawled under the pews. And then 2-Bit waved at them. I hadn't been to church ever since, but this church gave me kind of a creepy feeling. What do you call it? Premonition? I flopped down on the floor and immediately decided not to do any more flopping. That floor was stone and hard. Johnny stretched out beside me, resting his head on my arm. I started to say something to him, but I went to sleep before I could get the words out of my mouth. But Johnny didn't notice. He was asleep too. End of chapter four. This
0: really took a wild turn.
1: Yeah, I didn't see them being runaways, boxcar children. That came out of left field. The murder. Yeah. I, man, what a ridiculous turn. Not ridiculous.
0: I mean, it's really good for the story, but... Now maybe I'm starting to see some of the uh, potential ban issues here.
1: <laughs> right, there's murder.
0: Let's jump into
1: PPP right now. It's time for PPP <laughs> problematic points to ponder. What, if anything, would be considered ban in this chapter? I had no idea the outsiders had a murder.
0: Yeah, I I, I could see why that would be trouble. Again, I don't know if it's banworthy. You might this might be a good thing to talk to your kids about. Like, uh, hey, no matter how hard it is, you might not. Uh, don't jump to kill. Uh, <laughs> in a, a sosh in the fountain right away but on the other hand who knows what would have happened if johnny wouldn't have done it yeah and he right. had every right to be scared these were the guys
1: like he killed the guy in all likelihood that messed him up right they were trying to drown pony boy so it's kind of like you're gonna let your friend be killed no as as you were reading about Ponyboy just kind of sitting there when he
0: realized, wait, what happened? And Johnny said, I just killed that boy. Undo, 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 undo. Wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: What about you? Do you have any undo button moments?
1: Yeah, don't go exploring the abandoned park at three in the morning when you know there are people who want to do you harm, right?
0: Yeah. My undo is don't kill a kid. Yours is just don't go to the park in the first place.
1: From Ben Worthy to Binge Worthy. Hello, everyone. I'm Kat. And I'm Slee. And we are the hosts of This Podcast Won't Run a Week, a bi weekly musical theater podcast where we talk about musicals. Join us as we take center stage and dive deep into the world of musical theater. We dissect your favorite shows, reveal hidden trivia, and share our own unique perspectives. All tied together with our one singular sensation, Dreamcast, where we fantasize about the juiciest castings that haven't happened yet. Oh, and we're not just talking about the stage. We discuss the theater industry's past, the present, and our hopeful visions for its future. So check out This Podcast Won't Run a Week for all your Broadway needs. Available on all major podcast platforms. Strap in and strap on because we're breaking down, mama.
0: All right. Well, we've caused enough literary chaos for today. Thank you for listening, scary book people. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one person to whom it would add value. Bandcamp is produced and hosted by Jennifer Davis and me, Dan Schultz. All media used in this production was done so under the protection of a fair use. See you guys next time.
1: See you next time.